morning, church. Let me just start by saying it was just a wonderful Sunday last Sunday. We had a great celebration as we celebrated Resurrecting Sunday that the Lord, our Lord and Savior is risen. I also want to thank each and every single one of you that served. Both campuses had an amazing turnout, and if it wasn't possible, if it wasn't for your serving heart. So thank you. Remember, we are a church that serves one another. Ultimately, we are all serving Christ. As I look back in my life, there's been several years, there have been several seasons of anxiety. Not too long ago, about five years ago, as I transitioned into this new role as lead pastor of Grace Bible Church, I felt very anxious. Pastors would tell me this, you're going to lose people, people are going to leave, but don't worry. Really? Guess what I did? I worried. And it was during the same time that my wife was stressing out about work. And we're freaking out, figuring out things, how, how she could step from working full-time onto part-time. But again, also during this time, my oldest son was going off to college and I was just struggling. I was worrying about what we were going to do. Less income, more expenses. And then as things started to roll, COVID hit. And anxiety went rapid everywhere. And I remember going to scripture and reading from Paul, do not be anxious about anything. And I would think to myself, really? About anything? Let me ask you, is that possible? Have you ever thought of that scripture? Do not be anxious about anything. Is that even possible? When storms are hitting your way, when financial issues, when health issues, when marital issues, when life is just full of stress and storms, is it possible to say, don't be anxious, don't be anxious about anything? If you are living in a world of anxiety or you feel anxious, let me say this, you are not alone. All of us in some form and some time have all felt anxious. As a matter of fact, I read this. There was a survey taken in 2019 and it said this, that two-thirds of all people said that they were anxious or extremely anxious. This is in 2019, before COVID. And we all know that after COVID, anxiety went out the roof. Our students now more than ever, our young kids now more than ever are feeling anxious. I also read this, 99% of high school and college students report consistent and significant levels of anxiety associated with stress. When you combine all these things, the results are suicides at our all-time high. Heart attacks are at all-time high. We are just full of stress everywhere. Church. We are living in a society of anxiety. Look around. Turn on the TV. All you hear is bad news, inflation, confusion. And so because of this, we are stressed out. We are living in a time of just asking questions. What if? What if? 
What if I can't find a job? What if I can't support my family financially? What if I'm single all my life? What if I flunk my test? What if my marriage doesn't work out? What if, what if, what if? And because we don't have the answers, we get anxious. So let me ask you again. Is it possible not to be anxious at all about anything? I'm going to answer that question by saying, I don't believe so. I don't. But I'm going to say this. Is it possible to control our anxiety? Is it possible for us to overcome our anxiety? Absolutely. See, I believe that it's not wrong to feel anxious. What's wrong is how you deal with your anxiety. Paul says, be angry, but do not sin in your anger. In the same manner, we're going to be anxious, but how you handle your anxiety is what's important. And so what we're going to look at today, we're going to look at a story of a godly leader and what he did when he started to feel his anxiousness. We're going to be looking at King Jehoshaphat. Now this king was a good king. In the Old Testament, we read about a lot of kings, good kings and really, really bad kings. King Jehoshaphat was a fourth king of Judah, a good, godly king. So let's open up. If you have your Bibles with you, we're going to go Old Testament this morning. Open them up to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. And here's how we begin. After this, it says. After what? So we had Jehoshaphat, which was a king of Judah. But we also had at the same time another king, King Ahab, which was a king of Jerusalem. Now King Ahab, bad king. And his wife, Jezebel, bad, bad woman. Really bad. I encourage you guys to open up your Bibles and read about these people. All the people that are found in the Bible. And it's this time that we read prior to this that King Jehoshaphat and King Ahab, they go into battle together. And King Ahab gets killed during this battle. And that's why it starts off like this. After this, as soon as Ahab is dead, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and with, and with them some of the Meunites came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men and came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazazan Tamar, that is in Gaidi. So after this battle, some armies come to attack Jehoshaphat. They come to attack, attack the nation of Judah, Israel. You have the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Meunites, the Sapatanites, the Catulanites. You even have the St. Augustine Knights. All sorts of knights coming and attacking poor Jehoshaphat. Not just one army, three. All at the same time. Church, isn't that true in life? Battles in our life don't just come in ones. They usually come one after another after another. And that's why the saying goes, when it rains, it pours. Wave after wave after wave. You go to work, and your boss says, you no longer work there. 
in the midst of all this, you were having problems at home. So you go home and you get a flat tire. You're finally there and your dog bites you. Wave after wave after wave. And I know that some of you sitting here this morning are in the midst of a storm asking God, when is it going to end? If it's not one thing, it's another. And because you are there, you're anxious. You're worried. You're stressed out. Let me say this about anxiety. Again, it's normal. It's not good for you, but it's normal. Let me also say this. 92% of all the things we worry about are nonsense. 92% of the things that you and I worry about, we shouldn't worry about at all. This is what I read. Things that we worry about mostly will never happen. Things that we worry about already happened. Again, when you combine all the things that we truly worry about, only 8% we should worry. The other 92%, we should not worry, but we do. We are anxious. And you know why? You know what anxiety really is or should be? Anxiety is a signal. Take anxiety as a signal. When you start to feel anxious because of things that are happening in your life, remember, it's a sign. It's a sign to do three things. The first thing that you need to do is pray. Pray. That's what we're going to see Jehoshaphat did as soon as he heard that the battle was heading his way. He prayed. He sought after the Lord. Verse 3, then Jehoshaphat was afraid. After hearing this news, he was stressed out. He was worried. He was anxious and set his face to seek the Lord. That's the first thing he did and proclaimed a fast through all Throughout all Judah, and Judah assembled to seek from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came again to seek the Lord. When you start feeling anxious, the first thing that you need to do, the first thing that I need to do is pray. Watch, watch how Jehoshaphat prays. What a powerful prayer. Verse 6, he says this, O Lord, God of our fathers. Are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of your Abraham, your friend? You promised us this land, did you not, God? And you are a God of promises. Verse 8, and they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, watch what he says next. If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, if any of these things were to come upon us, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Did you just hear his prayer? No matter what happens, God, even if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, whatever happens in this situation, we will trust you. We will pray. Pray loudly because you hear us and you save us. That's what he did. 
So church, when you're feeling anxious, the first thing to remember is pray. And your prayer can be fancy like Jehoshaphat. Oh, Lord, God of our fathers. Or you can just simply come to, say, to him and say, God, help. I need you. Help me. I'm desperate. I trust you. And I know that you're hearing my prayers. I know that it doesn't seem like it, but you do hear my prayers. And you do save us. That's what he did. I read this, and I, I found this fascinating. It has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain. Can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. Prayer changes the brain. See, God wired us to protect ourselves. And I believe that's why we get anxious. But some of us go to the extreme because that's the way we're built. For example, let's pretend you're out at a ranch and it's super, super dark. And you're walking by yourself and you hear some, some noise in the bushes. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Oh, it's got to be a little bunny. Let me pick it up. No. We think of the worst. It's Bigfoot. Run for your lives, right? We are wired this way. But some of us, church, some of us get stuck here. Some of us are literally training the brain to be anxious. We need to move on from that and consider our anxiety a sign. It's an alert from God saying, first of all, pray. And prayer changes the brain. That's why Paul says, renew your mind. Change the way you're thinking. You know what anxiety in Greek, what it means? It means to dwell and ponder on fearful and anxious thoughts. Don't stay there. Move on. Don't just ponder on your anxiety. Pray and it changes the brain. It breaks the cycle of anxiety so you can move forward and not just get stuck on your anxious thought. I love what one pastor says. He says this, anxiety is natural. Anxiety is natural. Prayer is supernatural. It has the power to give you the peace. So remember, as you get anxious, pray. I'm feeling anxious, pray. That's what Jehoshaphat did. He prayed. But watch how he ends his prayer. I love, love, love this prayer. Verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. Underline this next sentence. Highlight it if you have your Bible. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. What a great sermon point. He says, God, we do not know what to do. We're powerless, but our eyes are on you. Church, again, I don't know if you're in a season of anxiety, but you need to pray the way he is praying now. Come to God and say, I can't take it anymore. It's too much. I can handle it. I do not know what to do, but God, you do. Remember, say to God in your prayer, God, I don't know what to do, but you do. I am powerless, so I'm relying on you. All my burdens, all my anxiety, all my worries, I'm throwing them at you because you can handle them. 
I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. In our prayer, we just need to cast all our anxieties on him, no matter how big, no matter how small. Church, what we need to do is focus on God and stop focusing on our problems. Change your mind through prayer. Let me ask you another thing. What are you struggling with right now? What are you feeling anxious about? What is the issue? Now think about it for just a moment. Do you think that God, the creator of the universe, the, the creator of all things, can't handle this problem? Do you really think that there is a problem that our God cannot handle? And that's what Jehoshaphat is doing. Praying, God, I don't know what to do, but you do. That's the first thing we need to do. The second thing we need to do is pause. We first pray, and then we pause, and we listen. Verse 13, meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord. They stood. They stood before him with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Madaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asphoth, in the midst of the assembly. They all, after praying, stood. They paused. And the Holy Spirit fell upon them. I don't know if you're like me. I'm really untrabancado. And I can't just pray and pause. I got to move. Okay, God, I'm praying. Now get out of the way. Let me do something. There's another saying that says this. Don't just stand there. Do something. When it comes to our anxiety, when we start feeling anxious, the first thing we need to do is pray and then pause. We need to pray. Pause. So we can hear him. So we can listen to God. Verse 15, and he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, don't worry, don't be anxious, don't freak out, and do not be dismayed, don't be troubled at this great horde, at this great battle. Why? For the battle is not yours, but God's. Mic drop. Wow. Don't worry, Judah. Don't worry, king. Don't freak out. You're praying. I'm listening. I got this. It's my battle. All you need to do is pause. Be still and know that I am God. As I read this, I remembered of another incident similar to this. The Israelites had just been freed from being enslaved in Egypt. And they go out following Moses, and before them is the Red Sea. And then Pharaoh changes his mind and says, oh, no, I need to go get them. So the chariots, the Egyptian soldiers come after the Israelite people. So they're looking in front of them. The Israelite people are saying, oh, no, there's a sea. They look back and said, oh, no, there's an army. What do we do? They get anxious. They start freaking out. And look what Moses says in Exodus 14, verse 13. Fear not. Pause, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. Those Egyptians who are coming after you, you will never see again. 
The Lord will fight for you. And all you need to do is freak out. Be anxious. Hide. Run. No. All you need to do. Be silent. Pause. Church, anxiety is a signal to first pray and then pause. He goes on and says this in verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm. You get the picture? Stand firm. Hold your position. Pause and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them and the Lord will be with you. That's a promise. That the Lord is with you. In the battle that you're in right now, remember that he is with you. And more importantly, remember that he is in control. One of my favorite verses is John 16, 33. As Jesus is talking to disciples, look what he's telling them. Look what he's telling us. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. That's what we're seeking after, isn't it? In the midst of our storm, we want peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus is telling you, is telling me, in this world, you're going to have problems, you're going to have struggles, you're going to have storms, you're going to have tribulations, you're going to get anxious, you're going to be worried, but it's okay. Take heart. I have overcome the world. I am in control. Let me ask you. What can you truly control in your life? Think about that. What is one thing that you control in your life? You can't control if you're going to live tomorrow. You can't really control if there's going to be a job for you tomorrow. We can't control if this building is going to collapse on us. We can't. The only thing that you and I can truly control is our reaction, how we react. And that's why I'm saying it's normal to be anxious we just need to know how to react in the midst of our storm, in our anxiety. So when you are anxious, you need to pray. First of all, turn to God and say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but you do. And then you need to pause knowing that God is in control, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares, because he loves you. So pray, pause. The third thing is praise. Praise him. Give him thanks. Worship him. Verse 18. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping. Worshiping the Lord, it says. And the Levites of the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. They sang. They first prayed, then they paused, and then they praised. They sang. When was the last time, church, in the midst of your storm, in your anxiety, that you prayed, thank you, God. Thank you. I don't know why this is happening, but you do. And I know there's a purpose for the storm that I'm in, and I will rely on you, so thank you. When was the last time you sang and praised them in your anxiety? And I love how they gave thanks. Verse 21, watch what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. 
who plays them. But as I was reading this, and don't miss this, this is so important. They praised God even before they knew the outcome. They prayed, they trusted, they paused, and they worshipped him, not knowing what was going to happen. No matter the outcome, they praised him. Anxiety, church, is a signal to pray, pause, and praise. But we need to praise him in the highs. We need to praise him in the lows. We need to praise him every single day of our lives, whether you're in a storm or not. We need to give him thanks because his steadfast love endures forever. Watch what happens next. Verse 22. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. As they were praising and worshiping God, God was battling their battle. The armies that were going to attack them got confused and they destroyed each other. And in the midst of the battle, in the midst of their worry and anxiety, they rejoiced. They sang and praised God. And that's why Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And he says it again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness, how you react, how you conduct yourself, what others see in you be known to everyone. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. And here it is. Do not be anxious about anything. You have God's joy, the joy that is in you. That no matter what's happening around you, you should rejoice. It's okay to be anxious. But let everybody see your joy of Christ in you. And then he says this. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here's the outcome. Here's the promise. And the peace of God. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anxiety is a signal to pray. And when you pray, and then you pause, and then you praise Him, you get peace. Pray, pause, praise, peace. That's what we all want. See, when we begin to pray, and we pause, and we praise Him, anxiety goes down. Our worship goes up. We can overcome our anxious feelings with a peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that you don't even understand. You probably, with this peace, you probably ask yourself, I should be worried, but I'm not. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but he does. That others were probably going to ask you the same thing. Dude, didn't you just get a bad health report and you're rejoicing? Isn't your marriage crumbling, but yet you have joy? Wow, what's going on? That's the peace that only Christ can give you. That's the peace we all get 
we stop and do these three simple things. So again, I'm going to ask you, is it possible not to be anxious about anything? I don't think so. But it's absolutely possible to control your anxiety and show others the peace that only Christ can give you. What a testimony that would be. There was a time when Jesus felt anxious. We read about that time in the gospel. He goes to the garden and he tells his apostles, my soul is very sorrowful. My soul is very troubled, even to death. And he says, remain here. Keep watch over me. Don't go to sleep. And he goes a little further. As he's feeling anxious, we read that he's sweating blood. What does he do? He prays. He prays. He says, Father, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, three times he prays this prayer. What does he do after that? He pauses. He goes and checks on his friends and they're all asleep. We also read that during this time of, of just pausing, an angel comes to strengthen him. Jesus prays, he pauses, and then he praises his father. How does he do that? He says, let your will be done, not mine. And because Jesus did all these things, you and I can have peace. See, Jesus joyfully went to the cross. And the took, he took the punishment that you and I deserved. And when we trust in Jesus Christ, in the fact that he died and rose again on our behalf, when we believe in our hearts, in that sacrifice, that we believe that our sins are forgiven, when we trust him, the wrath of God for a sin that was upon us is lifted. And those of us, or those of you that have not trusted Jesus Christ, you don't have peace with God. You don't. See, the wrath for your sin, God's wrath, is still upon you. But the moment you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that wrath is lifted. You have peace with God. And you can have the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding. I don't know what season you're going through right now. I don't know what storm you're facing I don't know what's stressing you out mentally, physically, emotionally. Maybe some financial issues, loss of a job, school. Your children are giving you problems, your marriage, your health, your boss. I can go on and on and on again. I don't know, but he does. He cares. So remember, church, as we just read, in the midst of your anxiety, when you start to feel anxious, it's a signal. To overcome your anxiety by praying, by pausing and praising. Three Ps. Pray, pause, and praise. When you're anxious, just remember to pee. Let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks and praise that you are with us always. And I know some people sitting here today do not feel your presence. They feel that they're alone in this battle that they're going through. 
they're wondering when this will all end. And so, Father, I pray that they can feel your peace. That they come to you in prayer. Asking you what all of this means. Seeking help from you. And then they pause. And they listen. And they feel that, know this understanding that you are in control. And through this mist, I pray, Father, that they praise you, they worship you. That there's going to be a day where there'll be no more worries, no more sickness, no more anxiety. But until that day comes, Father, we will be a church that's relying on you. We'll be a church that is relying on each other, a church family. So we can feel that peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding. So that we can be a testimony to all those that don't know your son, Jesus Christ. I pray all these things in his name. Amen. God bless you. I love you, church.